one. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of the Insurance Bro Show. Got an awesome guest for you. Lots to talk about, lots to learn. So let's get right to it. The Insurance Bro Show is a podcast for agents who want to grow their agency and be titans of the insurance industry. Learn from a panel of experts who share their agency struggles, their experiences with the nation's best carriers, and share the marketing secrets that successful insurance agents are using today. Now, here's your host, the Insurance Bro, James Sias. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, and all of you insurance pros out there, let's dive into another fun episode. But before we do, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded insurance agents find value from our awesome guests as we rise up in those podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I would love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go to www.insurancebroshow.com slash guest and schedule your time slot. And don't forget to follow me on all social media at Insurance Bro Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited and so honored to bring another incredible guest to the Insurance Bro Show. The world has changed in 2020, but one of the challenges that agents face has not. Lead generation is still something that we need to be doing. Our guest today is here to talk about what it takes to lead generate in a pandemic world via LinkedIn. With over 10 years experience in sales and marketing with two Fortune 500 companies and having generated over a million business to business leads and interactions on, on his own, our guest knows and can teach you how to get you and your team out of this pandemic rut. So joining us today from Lead Control Media, welcome to the show, Hayato Nakamura. Hayato, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Always a good show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on. So tell me a little bit about what you do. You have uh, some background here with some Fortune 500 companies, sales and marketing, started your own uh, lead generation uh, company. Tell me a little bit about your, your journey. Sure, sure. So I was one of those naive grad students once upon a time in the Midwest where I was coming out of school and I thought to myself, you know what, Hayato, it's probably a good idea that you go start to make a living. So uh, I didn't necessarily have insurance in my family, like many people do. I didn't necessarily have a risk management background. Uh, but you know what, I was in Chicago at the time, I looked at a, at a bunch of high rises, and I thought, you know what, someone's gonna hire me. And so <laughs> I ended up finding a company that would and they just so happened to be an insurance broker and they were called Aon. They still are AON. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Them. And they were Yeah, they were headquartered in the US still before they moved to London. So that was in Chicago. And uh, they had moved me to Los Angeles out of Chicago. And uh, that's where I was for about 10 years. I went from Aon and also into Marsh later, uh, strictly within the commercial PNC space. But obviously, we would cross sell into the HMV. But the background really is, I was a young guy, 26 at the time, coming out mm -hmm. of grad school, and uh, I had to prospect. You know, I'm not old enough to go to the country club. I don't got the money to go to the country club. <laughs> local private school experience. Uh, I didn't. I didn't maybe even look the part of uh, uh, the guys who uh, were doing business in a certain neighborhood that I was in at the time. Mm -hmm. What do you do, right? What do you do? And so, okay. it was, what, what? What? It's the long battle that begins with your mentors telling you. Hey, Hayato, back in our day, you just hit the pavement. So you start knocking on doors. 
then they say, by the way, you're able to call too if you want. So then, <laughs> and then some guy comes up and ties the deal with some lead generation company and you got some emails to send. So you start to send some emails until you realize that they all end up in spam. Right. Mm -hmm, right. Arduous road to realize at the end of the day, all I had was to go to some networking events and pray and hope that that CFO that you've been aiming to reach for the last four months would show up that day. And I thought to myself, it's got to be better than this. That. Oh, hell no. Exactly. Man, that sounds like a crapshoot. I mean, it's it's. I think that a lot of agents struggle with similar things. You know, we're we're all basically told go out there, pave the pavement, uh, pound the pavement, make those mm -hmm. phone calls. You know, uh, we had uh, at least one agent in our agency. You know, we were telling her the same thing. You know, get out there, make those cold calls. If you're not lead generating, you know, then that's you're 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 not you're not going to make money if you're not lead generating, right? right. And so we didn't necessarily have the greatest strategies to give her either. What are some of the strategies that you learned after all of your experience, you know, doing, doing what you've done so far? Yeah. So when I was at Aon and also then later Marsh, the best guys that would, uh, uh, how would you say, they, they weren't necessarily lead generating the heaviest, but they were getting the most number of deals. And mm -hmm. obviously many a times it often ended up being, let's say, uh, uh, the older guys because they've just been in the network heavier and longer. Makes sense, right? Makes sense. Sure. But yeah. At the end of the day, I realized that, well, if insurance is not like any other financial industry where, say, maybe I don't have a financial advisor today, but a financial advisor hits me up and maybe I go from not having one to having one, right? That sale is very different from the context of, say, a commercial insurance buyer, let's say a CFO, a risk manager, a CEO of a local business who says, Hmm, I see. So you're going to be an agency. You can be a PNC broker for me. You can be an insurance broker for me. You know what? I already got one of those, right? And so with us coming into the scene, you're essentially asking someone else to get a divorce to then hook up with right. you. Excuse mm -hmm. the language, but that's the concept. No, I mean, it makes sure. perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. He ain't lying. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, so with that said, then the context then becomes, we need to become the people who they can call upon when, let's say, the existing relationship drops the ball. Of course, you can't rely okay. on that all the time, but it's much more baseball than football, right? It's right. not so much about the strategic entry, but rather you're waiting for the opponent to drop the ball so that you can go one extra base when they didn't expect you to. Kind of idea. Perfect, yeah. So then what do you do? Where's the best place to build uh, commercial professional networks today? And after some roundabout searching, we had landed on LinkedIn. We landed on LinkedIn, and that's where we found that starting conversations, getting into networks, building networks with the types of people who are actually commercial insurance buyers ends up being probably the fastest and the easiest, but also the one you can do at scale today, especially during the pandemic in 2020. That was just a mind blower, I bet. Just a <gasps> kind of moment, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And really, the you know, to anybody listening, what we're doing inside of LinkedIn is really no rocket science. It's basically doing what you've already understood to do, what the most experienced insurance brokers have always done, but just simply replacing the channel of, let's say, networking events and conventions, going to RIMS once a year, golf course, all, all that kind of stuff. We're just replacing that with how the channel of LinkedIn actually works. So it's always networking. It's always building your brand as a professional so that more people know you and they'll call you when they actually need help. So LinkedIn is out there, you know, a lot of people have it. It wasn't for me until this year, probably because of the pandemic that I started 
uh, realizing, okay, I, I definitely need to invest in my LinkedIn profile. Uh, I'm using it to find folks like yourself. You know, I think we, we actually met through LinkedIn mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and you know, so I'm using it to try and fill, t- uh, slots for, for our show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a very powerful tool, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm still not doing everything quite right. There's, there's still a lot of things that I'm missing. Maybe I don't have, um, I mean, what what are some of your, your basic strategies? I mean, when it comes to, I know that, that we're doing a lot of, of, emailing out we have the automated system that's you know sending connection mm-hmm. requests out is that the same basic idea that that you're talking about or, or is there more to it than that sure sure so uh you know what, what james is referring to uh here is the automation that some of you probably listeners have always uh have already seen on linkedin right all the activity mm-hmm. that you would have done by hand which is to send connection invites or send little messages saying hey james would like to connect all that there's a software that can replace all that for sure for sure but that's basically just simply trying to replace human labor with software and there's a place for that. I'm all in, you know, I, I'm all for it, right? Uh, if you use it carefully and still can protect your integrity and brand with that. However, the real core core thing that makes a difference is between insurance agencies and, and producers today who understand or are interested in understanding that LinkedIn used to be an online resume platform, but now things have changed to become an advertising platform. Right. Because back in the day, we would go to, let's say, networking events or James, let's say, refers me to somebody. And then let's say Nancy, the CFO, hears about me before Nancy, the CFO, speaks to me. He's going to say, you know what? Well, James introduced Hayato. Uh, Let me go check him out. Like, what's he about? I could see his website, but where can I see him as an individual to see if I can actually trust him for who he is? Mm -hmm. The first place people are going to go is to search for our name. And oftentimes your LinkedIn profile is usually the first thing that comes up because LinkedIn has already done the hard part of SEO. So right. then they come on to LinkedIn and kind of vet you out. That's the online resume version of LinkedIn. And there's still a place for that. But today for the insurance producer who's only able to go out through LinkedIn because say RIMS isn't happening, conventions aren't happening, trade shows aren't happening, local mm-hmm. networking events aren't happening. Nothing. It needs to become your advertisement where LinkedIn is the first point of contact and you need to entice them with value on your profile in order to say, hey, this is what I can do for you, but not in a salesy manner. It matters that you get me in your corner for a rainy day. And if you can position yourself as a professional in that manner, more doors doors open up. And again, regardless of whether you use automation or not, you can get more conversations to start. And that's the way then you can finally get your foot in the door so that on a rainy day, could be tomorrow, could be next year. We all know how this insurance business goes. For sure. Uh, but you you finally have an at-bat uh, um, chance to be in their corner and be that next person or possibly the last person they spoke to so that you'll be the next person they speak to. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> Back to that baseball analogy. We're getting all the at-bats and just, you know, all we got to do is get a bunch of base hits. So we've got, for myself, for our agency, we've got a couple of different things that that – uh, struck me as we're talking here. The one is that our model, some of the things that we're looking to do with LinkedIn is to grow our agency by recruiting more agents. You know, we want to get it. We want to use LinkedIn. Maybe we want to use, uh, this show. We want to use, you know, a bunch of different things to try and, and recruit agents, uh, to be part of our, to be part of pipeline insurance. So that's one thing. The other one is exactly what you've been talking about, which is, for the agents that we recruit, for them to use LinkedIn as 
their advertising platform because like you said everybody's on it all of these companies all of these businesses they're on linkedin and to get to that decision maker maybe approaching them through linkedin is going to be easier or more effective than trying to get them on the phone or anything like that so with those two different avenues, what are some things that you could tell me? Because I know that a lot of our listeners are like me and uh, are building agencies as well and mm -hmm. you know, potentially would want to recruit agents. So what are some things that you would tell a business owner uh, mm -hmm. when they're looking to recruit people? And what yeah. are some things that you would tell an agent when he wants to improve his advertising? Sure, sure. Let's talk about the first one then. In order to help you guys then recruit, uh, your profile then obviously needs to be optimized or at least needs to screen the advertising that you are a better place to work for that other agent that's going to be working for you. Now, I don't know if that's going to be in person in office, so you're limited geographically, or if you're expanding elsewhere, then you know that's a different story too. But the merits of what you bring to them needs to be clear, right? I'm going to give you an example from say uh, a real estate brokerage, right? Uh, you take some certain companies like EXP and such, where they're, uh, um, they're uh, how would you say, uh, to work under EXP in places, the difference is in the commission scale, right? And so mm -hmm. there's a clear value right. proposition. So when they go out and recruit, if you are a real estate agent, then obviously you're not going to be recruiting other people. But as an EXP broker, when you use LinkedIn, you're going to be using LinkedIn in a way to advertise that if you come work for us, you have a better commission scale and you end up making money. So that needs to then be clear on your profile that that is first and foremost what people should know you about. If I'm looking for employment, if I'm looking to grow my agency produ uh, production book, uh, if I want to grow my career in the producer side, I then should think about starting a conversation with him, right? And Genius. so this is where I think uh, the difference in marketing, talking about what you offer and how you offer it really comes into play, right? We, we want to be sure that people understand what it is that you offer before they get into how it is that you offer. Uh, because okay. people are always asking that one question, James, you've invited me to connect and I only have one question that I care about. And that is what's in it for me to start a conversation. Yeah. What's Why do I care? Exactly. And so if we can answer that question well with a, with a, uh, um, with a hook of some kind to say, this is the transformation you can obtain by actually having me in your corner then they can finally start the conversation. And that what doesn't even have to be the ultimate what. Uh, it can be something that's much, much more surface, right? To give you just a, a side tangent example, a mechanic might call me in the pandemic and say, hey, Hayato, I can get your car to run like a purring kitten, right? Mm -hmm. And that may be true, but the only hook that I need to have him seduce me on is that he can keep my battery up and running so that I can get to the grocery store to go buy groceries. Right. But then from there, he has the foot in the door and we have a relationship to where he can talk about the ultimate goal, which is for me to be on a recurring monthly thing with him and actually get some okay. account. Right. So so that's that on the recruiting side. Uh, um, and then actually, do you have any questions on the recruiting side so far? Should I No, actually, you know, while, while you're while you're explaining it, I'm sitting here, I, I switched over and I looked at my profile and mm -hmm. my profile you know, does talk about who I am, you know, it talks about my career, um, you know, since back in 2004 up until now. And, yep. you know, a little bit about about the company. But if I want to recruit people, I mean, you you nailed it. Like I, my profile needs to scream pipeline team of san diego is the place to work you yeah. want to come here because we love to overpay our people and give away free shit like this is what we do yeah. right and That's so it. 
if if my profile isn't screaming that and if everything that I am talking about in my LinkedIn profile isn't saying that while I'm asking for all of these connections, right. they're going to look at my profile. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Great why statement. You have worked started working in 2004 and you did some stuff with this company. Great. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but there's nothing flashy. There's nothing standing out. There's nothing that says I want to work there. So for anybody who's listening that is looking to recruit, take a look at your LinkedIn profile if you're using it to uh, to bring agents in to to, to generate that um, that interest and make sure that that's that's screaming that out. Thank you so much, Hayato. I've already learned a ton. <laughs> good, good. Let's move on <laughs> to the second point you mentioned. So for the advertising for your producers, uh, LinkedIn's. Uh, th- this is the sad truth about LinkedIn, where LinkedIn's main revenue driver is actually by selling search capabilities to recruiters. Uh, that is there by far the largest revenue driver, which means that if people then listen to the way LinkedIn says to fill out your profile, because LinkedIn is one who has created the search fields inside of your LinkedIn profile, it makes it easier for their bread and butter, which are the recruiters, to be able to find, let's say, Hayato or James or Hernan easier. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, big companies, uh, uh, even in the insurance space, would have, let's say, LinkedIn's in-house consultants come and preach a message to them about how to get clients on LinkedIn. But at the end of the day, they're still serving uh, uh, the best interests of their main bread and butter, which are the recruiters. right? And an example to that might be, all right, so when somebody uh, um, uh, um, sets up their profile, right under the photo and then right under the name, you have a short headline there, right? And you can mm-hmm. put in, a lot of people put, well, I'm an executive VP at my company. So they would put executive VP at whatever, right? Sure. And, yeah. and that is fair, right? It's true. We don't want to lie. But at the end of the day, when we think about a producer actually going out to CFO Nancy to ask for, ask for connection, CFO Nancy has to open up the LinkedIn screen under the tab called My Network, okay? And for everyone, anyone listening, go ahead and pull it up and, and, and check it out. You go I'm under, doing it right now. I'm doing it right you, now. Go ahead. You go under My Network. And on My Network, there are really only four things that show up. Many times, it's actually just three, right? You got the photo. That's one. You got the name. You got two. And we're probably not going to change either of those, right? Unless, of mm-hmm. course, the photo is horrible and it's from 20 years ago and it doesn't reflect you, then, of course, change it. But, like, <laughs> Please change it. Update it. Come on, people. <laughs> last party you went to. Happy hour. No, <laughs> so we got the photo and then we got the uh, name. And then under that, you have the headline, right? Let's start there. Uh, and then one more. The fourth one would be a little message that you might send. Hi, my name's James, looking to connect with you, this and that, right? A lot of people don't even include that. So let's just go with a headline. The headline shows up. And when, let's say, James's name shows up, uh, let's just pretend he's not in a you know hiring capacity. He's a producer that's scouting for business, right? CEO, CEO, CFO. James's face shows up. James's name shows up. And then James's headline shows up. And it just says, insurance broker slash producer. If the guy already has, if Nancy CFO already has an insurance broker, She would see this and say, you know what? I already have an insurance broker. I feel like I'm going to get sold. No, thank you. Decline. And now we have no chance of talking to her. All we need her is to hit accept on that button in that Mm -hmm. little row under my tab. So what do you do? We want to ensure that we crystallize the real message of what the producer wants to be known as in that headline section. More it is about CFO Nancy, the better. The less about uh, producer James, the better. Right? And so in my case, in my case, in my uh, LinkedIn profile, you'll go there and you'll find something like, you know, we help you start more B2B conversations. 
has nothing to do with who I am, what I do, what my company is, how many people will employ, anything of that kind. It's basically answering that one question, what's in it for me? And that's the one final uh, uh, try that you have that differentiates whether they click the accept button, accept let's talk, or decline let's never talk. That hangs in the balance there on that one simple line. Don't want you to overthink it, but it is a critical aspect. So that's where I think the producer should start, understanding that, got it, for CEO who already has a relationship with an insurance broker, what can I do to actually be a value to him? whether it be today or tomorrow or somewhere else, without blatantly being another insurance broker that he might not want to talk to. So those are kind of the, the brainstorm activities that are required to make this work. That is fantastic. I just, I have to give it up for you. Like... Yeah, thank you. Wow, mind blown. Uh, I love, I mean, it's such a simple tip that that little headline, that little, uh, you know, sub headline there that's under your name. I didn't even notice that, that, you know, when, when you told me to go to my network, I'm looking at all these pictures, I'm looking at all these people. And sure enough, like that's, what's there is that, that, that little headline, uh, that would under otherwise be under your name and answering that question for the person that you're trying to talk to what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such a great way. And so tell me now a little bit about lead control media and things things that you do for people that uh that you work with people that hire you what are some other things that you do for them yep yep so we basically have two modes of services that we offer one is the what we call a done with you coaching side of things and the other is a more contracting outsource right to explain the coaching side of things is got it you have a team that needs to get trained. You have a team that needs to uh, have producers hit the ground running and get more activity, get more conversations. We have a six-week engagement where we as coaches would come alongside you and we would help you obviously think through the necessary things that need to be thought out from a business model, from a sales strategy, marketing strategy standpoint. Make sure you implement that into your LinkedIn profile. And then from there, help you with the outreach where you would start to actually engage in conversation. What do you actually say? How do you actually go about carrying those conversations? What do you need to do to get them off of LinkedIn and onto phone calls? So that's the coaching side where we come alongside you and we coach you through the process. On the contracting side, this is for executives and uh, teams that would say, you know what, instead of hiring somebody to do this full time for me or even doing it myself, I prefer Hayato that you guys just handle the whole thing for me. So in that case, you, we, you, we would, I suppose, be considered an employee in a way, but of course it's a contracting relationship mm -hmm. and you can fire us anytime. You can hire us anytime. You don't have to do the whole year of a salary and benefits as you would for, for a full-time employee. And we would come in through uh, 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 the relationship and uh, ensure that we're doing all the brainstorm and everything that we would have done with you for coaching, but essentially not waste your time with any other thought. We'll take in the much as, uh, of the information as we need, implement everything into your profile, start to do the outreach and the, uh, uh, and the prospecting through your account. Uh, and then, you know, we would actually handle the conversations to push those people from, hi, nice to meet you, all the way up to, hey, I'm willing to get on a call. When should we book a time? And then from there, obviously, we're not about to pretend to be you. <laughs> we're in <just laughs> conversation here. So then we would then hand it over for you or your staff to actually book the call and take on that real phone call so that you can start to drive more deals. So those are the two options nice. we would usually offer. So as you're talking, one of one of the things that comes up for me, you know, an objection is you will is, mm -hmm. if you will, is um, 
as you're talking to this person on LinkedIn and opening up that conversation, yep. how do they know that it's not me? Do they know that it's not me? Or mm. how, is, how is that transfer done smoothly? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And so this is where it really matters that for the insurance client uh, uh, that I am someone who actually has done commercial PNC uh, in mm -hmm. some cross selling into HMB production, right? There are certain conversations, certain vocab that you need to carry. And this is where the onboarding process becomes critical because we're not just asking questions, but we're also listening to the tone and the, the use of vocabulary and their demeanor in the way that client would actually present themselves. And we essentially go and replicate that on behalf of them inside of their account. So we would do the outreach. Now to your question, do they know that it's a different person? LinkedIn outreach is kind of like let's say websites for restaurants in, uh, no, let's go for this example. LinkedIn in 2020 is still very much email 1999, right? Where people <laughs> weren't doing it very often. So if I, as a nobody, just got the email address of CEO, CFO, Nancy, I can send Nancy the email and Nancy would have read it. But email 2020 is where I send it to nancycfo at companyabc.com and assistant Joe reads it. And only if it's good enough, then it makes it up the track to name. Got it. Right? Whereas uh, LinkedIn is still very much, again, to that example, email 1999, where if I send it, I'm most likely going to get Nancy CFO actually opening that message. So does it matter that I uh, uh, put out the disclaimer? Hey, I'm actually James's assistant just in his account, just looking forward to reaching to you and uh, reaching you. And, uh, you don't need to do that today. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people obviously have a slight ethical issue with it. We leave that up to you, but it's really just like any executive having an assistant that might write a few simple emails. We're not doing the soliciting on your behalf. We're not selling anything on your behalf. We're just simply opening conversations on your behalf. And we actually don't have any clients who say, can you make sure that they know that it's not me? Not, nobody has ever said that and it's never caused an issue. So. Cool, cool. Nice and smooth then. Just making sure. Um, this is awesome. Hayato, I've learned so much from you and obviously you are a wealth of information. So uh, before we uh, finish up, I've got two more questions for you. The first yeah. one is, what are your top books, podcasts, and or mentors? Where do you learn? Mm. Where have you gotten the best information? Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, not the maybe orthodox guy that has really good stacks of books to share from. Uh, the majority of, I think, uh, uh, the knowledge that I'm getting today isn't so much through books, but more so through podcasts and even short YouTube clips around certain influencers, certain inspirational guys, right? And given I live in the marketing world, I got into places like listening to people like Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. Yep. And a lot of people listen to him for strategies, but I actually listen to him uh, uh, regularly for the sake of understanding that no matter how big you can get or how accomplished you can get in a career, the fundamentals of how you treat people in marketing and sales really doesn't change. Uh, that's been a huge source of information for me because I think it's easy for us to a little bit get on our high horse once we have a little bit of uh, uh, um, uh, experience on things, right? And success, to stay yeah. humble, to, uh, to, stay humble to, to treat people as human beings every step of the way, I think has, has, has helped me a ton. It's something I want to teach my kids. And I know that if I had heard that more while I was doing corporate, doing production at a fortune 500 company it would have helped a lot because there were certain things that we would say and do hiding behind the brand of the company when in essence every recipient of our message was coming to buy us as individuals 
and yeah. treating people as human beings and being humble about it has always been a big part of that. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's how it's wonderful. It's <laughs> how it always works. It's always a relationship business. You know, the, uh, mm-hmm. what book was it? Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. I want to say maybe it was the pumpkin plan uh, okay. that, you know, he talks about uh, it's, you know, there's no B to B or B to C or anything like that. It's H to H it's human mm-hmm. to human. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's the way that, that these things always really are. You're always doing business with just another human, unless, you know, you just buy something online on Amazon or, but you know, <laughs> otherwise interactions are always uh, human to human above all else. So, right. um, Last question, how mm-hmm. can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you, uh, sure. whether it's the, the the coaching or the done for you? Yeah, I think the first uh, thing is for you to actually go on your own LinkedIn profile, take a look, and then from there, look me up, right? As you'll see uh, at the bottom of the screen there, you can type in Hayato Nakamura. It is actually a fairly common name in Japan, unbeknownst to many. So <laughs> you might have to look for this face with maybe a haircut that's not uh, COVID haircuts. Uh, but Hayato and Voice is the handle there. So find me on LinkedIn and uh, uh, let's get in touch there. Send me a message and just let me know that you came through uh, uh, hearing the podcast with James and crew and uh, we'll get in touch there. So, you know, we'll walk you through the conversation of what you need to know, what's right for you and uh, see if we have might have the chance to serve you. So best place to find us. Perfect. Hi, Otto. I really have learned so much from you. I feel like I, I got myself a little free coaching call here, which is why we always recommend that people start your own podcast so you can learn from awesome people when you bring them on as guests. Uh, thank you so much again. I really thank appreciate you. your time. Appreciate it, James. For everybody else, thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And if you want to be a guest, I would love to have you on and learn from you as well, slash get a free coaching. Uh, (laughs) But please, if you want to be a guest, go to www.insurancebroshow.com slash guest. Don't forget to follow me on all my social media. And that's it. That's all we got for you all today. As always, you rock my socks, you have my heart, and you have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Insurance Pro Show. James is the CEO of the Pipeline Team of San Diego and is always in the market for top talent. If you're an agent looking for a place to hang your license, visit www.pipelineinsurance.com backslash agent opportunities or send an email to newagent at pipelineinsurance.com. Look for James on all social media.